Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you process the collective trauma of the pandemic and begin to heal your energetic wounds. It is an energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month, you will receive three new crystal healing sessions, plus you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make your healing a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktikin with A Drop of Om and I have with me here Genevieve Pituro, am I, am I saying that right? Yes. Yes, and I'm so excited to have you here Genevieve, welcome. Thank you so much, I'm enjoying it so far. Yes, and Genevieve is a former marketing executive, founder of the nonprofit Pajama Program, which I'm so excited to talk about. Um, she's also, you're also an author, speaker, and a purpose consultant and coach. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dama. I always start with, with your story, and I know you probably told this many, many times, but Whatever is coming in today, whatever rate comes, I'd love to know what has been your story and what led you to doing what you're doing now. Sure, sure. Well, I, I never thought I would start a nonprofit because I wanted to work in the corporate world. From the time I was very young, I wanted to work in New York City, which was the city closest to where I lived and grew up. And I wanted to work in television, the entertainment business. And that's the job I was looking for. And that's the job I got. And I, I, I loved it. I really did. It was 12 years of a lot of excitement and a lot of travel and a lot of um, friends and the big social life. And it was just a very fast paced daily life. You know, I was a workaholic and I was single, but that's the way I wanted it. Until one afternoon in my apartment, I all of a sudden heard this voice come from here 
and it was a whisper, but I could hear it. And it asked me a question and it said, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And I was shocked. I was really shocked to hear that. And more shockingly, I knew the answer was no. All of a sudden, I realized that it was sort of an empty life, even though it was filled with busyness, it didn't hold anything rich or anything substantial or anything meaningful. And I realized that I just missed having, you know, a family and, and the way I'd grown up was very traditional. And maybe that's why I wanted something different. But I realized maybe there was something I missed about you know, having a, a full family. I was a first of four. I had three brothers and sisters and parents and dogs and cats, a real, you know, house full. And I realized that I might be alone my whole life and it, it wasn't good enough. So I thought about bringing children into my life. And, and I immediately thought of all those children who the police and social workers brought to emergency shelters because they were harmed by the people who were supposed to take care of them. And I called to see if I could go and visit or reach the children at night. And they said I could reach the children at night. So I went to the first one and I sat on the floor in this very um, simple shelter. There weren't a lot of comforts. There weren't chairs for adults. You know, in the one room they brought me to, I sat on the floor, waited for the children and the children came in and they sat, <clears throat> sat on the floor with me and I read them stories. And here I am in my business suit, right? Not knowing what to expect, but having this amazing connection with these little, little kids who I could see had been through some trauma. And it, they looked at me and I just felt so, so um, comforted by them. And I was thinking, I'm supposed to be comforting them. And what can I do for them? And they were looking at me like, you know, what, what can you, how can you help us? And I just didn't ever want to leave. I just felt so connected to them. And of course I left, but I kept coming back. And there were always different children because circumstances were that these children were then processed and they were found a place safe to stay for a while. And you know, then the, the judge gets involved in all of that. So time and again, I went to visit and read with these children. And one night I saw they were going to sleep in the clothes they were wearing, which very often were, were dirty and they didn't fit right and I thought how can they possibly rest and sleep in those clothes and I asked if I could bring some pajamas and I brought pajamas the next time because the staff thought that would be that would be nice and I gave the children some pajamas after I read to them except there was a little girl who didn't want them and she was really afraid of me she was afraid to take anything from me and I kept trying gently gently and she kept just shaking her head no no and finally, the other kids had theirs. They went into that room to go to sleep. And I went over to her before she went into that room. And I tried one more time. And I said, Hon, don't you want your pajamas? They're so soft. And she looked at me and she just whispered, what are pajamas? And that really just, just rocked my world. I just, at first, I couldn't believe she'd asked me, what are pajamas? But that's what she asked me. And I had to explain to her what pajamas are and that you wear them to sleep. And she finally took them and put them on. And then she gave me this little smile. And it, it was just, it was just like a shock. And it really changed everything in my, in my heart, in my head. And, and 
I didn't have any interest in continuing the, the way I was going in a corporate world. So, you know, I, I just did what I could to bring pajamas and, and slowly, slowly, I knew that I was going to leave my job. I knew I didn't have a safety net, but, um, but I jumped and 22 years later and a great husband and so many supporters, you know, pajama program is, is national. We have 63 chapters around the U.S. and we've provided more than 7 million pajamas and books to these children. And it's just, you know, ups and downs. I wrote my book talking about the ups and downs because other people wanted to do similar things and came to me for advice. And I was honest. I was always honest with them to say it was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. It's, it was just beautiful how everyone came together, but it's uh, not always easy to change lanes. I'm, I'm, thank you for, for sharing all that. I'm, I'm so fascinated with your story on so many levels. I want to go back to that initial impulse. So the initial voice that said, which you knew that was a, that was a voice that was guiding you. Would you say that you were like, did you feel connected to your intuition before that moment? Or was there any, um, like, were you asking for in, in a certain type of guidance or did it just sort of appear? What was your intuitive journey in, at the beginning and through all of this? You know, I, I always felt like I was different because I would, I would think there was more than this. There was more than us walking around the earth with a job, with a family. I always thought there was something greater. And I always knew some people were gifted and that they had, you know, what I later learned is the word purpose. You know, the famous people who did amazing things, you know, Thomas Edison, Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra, um, Gandhi, you know, Nelson Mandela, all these people who had that gift. And I just assumed few people did. But when I heard that voice, I knew it was real. And I wondered if it had happened before and I didn't pay attention, if my life was so busy and loud that I hadn't heard it. Once I heard it, I wasn't afraid. I was intrigued because I said, okay, there's got to be more where that came from. And I started to listen. And that's when I met the man that I did marry. And he said, listen, listen to it and ask it for more advice. If you're, if you're going around with these pajamas and bringing them to the children, see if there's more to this, just ask. And I did, I started to trust that voice and ask it and I would hear phrases. Um, I would see you know, things in my mind that would, that would indicate next step. And I learned to trust it and meditation and you know, vision boards and visualization, everything started to come from the inside and not from the outside. I love that. And it's, um, it's reminding me of, of my story. And my story is I, I knew I had it, but I hadn't paid attention to it, as you were saying, until I had a huge health crisis, becoming a mom and, um, losing it, losing touch with myself. And then there was a, the particular question I asked was, okay, here I am. I would like to be doing light service in a way that delights me. 
And I always tell people at that point, it could have been, I used to be in the corporate world too, as a consultant. It could have been that I, I would have sent back to the corporate world. It could have been, um, and I used to teach yoga. It could have been, I, I would continue teaching yoga, but I ended up finding myself in with crystals and healing and <laughs> the energy world. Um, but what I am wanting to focus on with you is, um, Pijama, that the, the moment I, I, I found you online and I saw the word pajamas, it's just such a warm, beautiful world. But in, in what you brought to life, like pajamas aren't just pajamas. What no. are pajamas? <laughs> right. I always say it has nothing, well, it has very little to do with the cloth and it has to do with comfort and security and love and a hug and knowing that you're cared for, you know, it's, it's warm, it's safe. Um, it represents someone being with you who gave you them, who helped you put them on and tucked you in somebody that is, is going to be with you. Who's there through the night. If you have a bad dream, if you wake up afraid, if you have a test the next morning, if you had a bad day, if you had a great day, there's so much that happens when you put those pajamas on and you crawl into bed in your mind, you know, between dreams and nightmares. I mean, there's so many things that pajamas represents and the idea that these children were going to sleep in tight clothes and dirty clothes and nothing. And that, of course, they weren't soft and, and comfy. Already they had been through such trauma that even a hug and, and a pair of pajamas would, I believed, ease their mind and their soul. And invisibly, I prayed that they knew somebody cared, somebody gave them, they came from somewhere, from someone who cared about them, didn't forget them. I mean, I could go on and on, as you see, I'm going on and on. That's what pajamas meant to me for those children. And that's what I believe they felt. And that's what everybody who is part of pajama program feels that the, that pajamas represent beautiful beautiful um i know that now you you host a um workshop or sort of a training called find your pajamas so how do we find our pajama idea or pajama connection um, yes i coach i coach businesses to bring them closer to their purpose for the teams for the employees to know what their purpose is and I do uh, speak on it as well. Well, if somebody wants to find their purpose, if they haven't discovered it yet, I do an exercise with them. And it's, it starts off with 90 minutes of quiet time for the person and a cup of green tea, a glass of wine, cookies, whatever, but some very quiet time and writing with a pen and paper, not a computer, no typing, just a, a hand you know, hand tool and paper. And I ask a lot of questions and I have them write a lot of things down that they wonder why I'm having them write this down or that down. But we slowly start narrowing in what they love to do and why they're not doing it. A lot of the reasons why they're not doing it are, are invalid. If you want to sing and you feel like, well, my purpose is to sing, but I can't sing very well. I can't sing like Jennifer Lopez. You know, I that's not the only way that that purpose can be voiced, so to speak. There's so many ways to use 
your singing or your talent, which is your purpose to share with the world, that doesn't have to be in, doesn't have to involve a full-time career with it. And a lot of these people put it on the back burner thinking if I can't sing like Jennifer Lopez and I can't make a living, then you know there's nothing I can do with it except you know see it back there every every time I look. And that's sad. So I work with them to either make a jump, make a switch and slowly get that purpose out there in a job or to slide it into their lives in a meaningful way that's there all the time, even if it's an hour a week, even if it's an hour a day, bring it into your life. It changes everything. Even if you're not Jennifer Lopez or you're not Shakira or, or you're not, you know, famous baseball player, doesn't mean that you can't share your purpose with people. You can, and that changes everything. And you also talk about, um, I agree with you, I think there's an important component there, which I know you highlight, which is taking action on it. So once you get quiet and you're like, okay, these are the few things that my being is wanting to move towards and then taking action on it. Um, do you see people struggling in that realm of taking the next step? Yes, because you know why? I think people think they have to be all in, they have to give up something that, that they're, they're not good enough, but all of that is, is not true. There is a first step for anything that you wanna do, especially if you feel strongly and you love it and you wanna bring it into your life. Anything from taking a lesson, taking a class, spending a day with someone who is immersed in that world, sharing in it, reading about it, looking it up. I, I'm depending on what it is, usually I can rattle off, you know, 20, 25 things that they haven't thought about that brings it into their world. And then when we start opening up the possibilities, they even say, oh, I know somebody who does this. Oh, I can ask them if I can spend, you know, a, a day or an hour or go with them somewhere. And there are so many things, and I think we're just afraid that if we're not the best, if we're not good enough, that it's, what's the use? And that's, and that's not true. Yes. Yeah, I hear. And the way I see that in, in my work as a healer is in terms of um, not necessarily as in, in, the, in the lens of purpose, but in the lens of healing, taking that first step, moving towards something that feels good. But what I'm sensing and hearing from you is that moving towards that purpose is also healing. There is an innate thing in you that wants to be expressed, wants to feel the joy. And I, um, I think we forget how healing we become when we are joyful, like when your instrument is really fulfilled, then without having to do anything, you are a healing presence. That said, with you, Genevieve, I feel like you're, you're someone who sort of, you caught a glimpse of the, the purpose and you were like, let me go like a hundred mile, <laughs> miles towards the direction. Does that ring true to you? I think the word is obsessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it was all overwhelming. It was all encompassing. Um, I hardly slept. It was 
the highs were so high and those doubts were everywhere. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never started a nonprofit. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even, I just thought maybe I could just bring pajamas around once in a while, but it wasn't enough. The more children I met, the more I heard how many more there were that needed pajamas. It, it was an obsession, nothing short of that. Um, and I just, I learned every day. I learned one step in front of the other. I learned to go through those dark tunnels. You know, someone said the treasure you seek is in the darkest cave. And it's, it was scary. It was brand new. I left a very comfortable position. I had a mortgage and it was, it was, you know, it was challenging because people asked me why, why are you doing this? What do you know about nonprofit? What do you know about all you're doing is bringing children pajamas, you know, how are you going to live? And I didn't have any answers. It was blind faith. It was just something I had to do. And, and, you know, my book is, is tell all it's very honest, the scariest nights, the tears, the fears, um, wondering, was I doing enough? Was it making a difference? What did I do? You know, looking at this long road ahead of me, but I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. I couldn't, mm. there was this, this force in me that directed me, my North Star. And I, and I tell people, your purpose is your North Star. Do you find that, um, and that's, I 100% agree with all of that. There's a lot that goes on af after you, you feel like you've found your calling. There's a lot in that journey of yes. <laughs> becoming it with every step of the way and finding out what you're made of in a lot of cases. Um, do you find though, um, when you're now working with people who are feeling like they haven't yet stepped their purpose, would you do it again the way you did it? Or would you say, let me take it like maybe one little step ahead at a time? Or how do you um, advise now to, to people who, who want to go all in? Well, I wouldn't do it differently because looking back, my story to me is beautiful. Um, I'm proud of myself. I was, I was one person. I'm a different person now. I've I'm a stronger person. I've done some scary things. I'm, I'm, this is the most fulfilling, you know, work I could ever have imagined. I'm shocked that I'm, I'm here to tell this story. It was never part of the plan. Um, so I wouldn't have done it differently because every single story to me is, uh, is a story from my heart and things I've seen and can't unsee. They're part of this story. And it's, you know, I've grown incredibly. And I know that's true for other people who've, who've also found the purpose. And it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. Your purpose is, is whatever you, you're called to do from within what's yours. And it can be anything. It can be a teacher. It can be an inventor. It can be, um, you know, and anything. It doesn't have to be a nonprofit. But when I talk to people, I, everybody's different. Everybody's possibilities are different. Everybody's challenges are different. I did not have a family. I had a mortgage. I did not have a family. I wasn't changing anyone's life, but my own. I did get married and, and that was, you know, a, a challenge. But a lot of people with children 
life is different now than it was 20 some years ago. So everybody's different. And it, it really is person by person to see what they can manage. But I want them and support them going in that direction to bring that purpose to life. And what do you feel? Um, what do you feel it means to I know this is another um, how should I put it, um, statement that you use, which is lead with meaning. How, how do we lead with meaning? I learned a lot of lessons. And the biggest lesson that I learned, because even before I started pajama program, I've heard what we all hear, you know, when there's somebody who's changed the world, wow, the power of one, right? One person had an idea and look, that person changed the world and, and made, you know, everything better. And it's just one person, that's all you need. And people said that when I started pajama program and it was growing and I learned that it's not true. It's not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that is the most important thing that I think we have to remember that we need each other, that if you share your purpose with people freely and you ask, what's, what's your purpose? What do you feel? What do you love to do? That's a brand new relationship. That's a, on a different level. That's heart to heart and soul to soul. That's not superficial. And that's the beginning of change. And I think that that's, that's the most important, most important thing that we can, we can take from any part of, of transforming your life and leading with, with your meaning, sharing it and making sure that if others, if you want others to work with you, that they feel like they're being heard, that their purpose melds with you or there's a place for their purpose in your, on your team. Yeah, yeah. What that reminds me of is um, the way I define a healer is someone who embodies their unique light and shares it in their unique way. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're practicing a healing art or you're making money through healing arts. But what it means is that you'll, you'll recognize how your instrument shines and sings and is happy and bringing more, more of that into your life. Which brings me to, do you feel that uh, purpose is a changing, evolving thing? How do you feel your purpose has changed and evolved since you started this journey? Yes, absolutely. I think, I think it is. I spent 20 some years making sure these children had pajamas and new books to read at bedtime, right? To take them away from their fears, to, to bring them into this calming space, to make them feel like somebody's hugging them. They're comfortable and it's warm and cozy. As I, as I talked to more people and grew pajama program, so many people wanted to, to talk about their purpose and how can they do it? And I started to mentor and, and coach people and just listen and, you know, help guide them and tell them what I did right, what I did wrong. And I realized that's my part too. And that's why I wrote my book. And that's why I speak now about the importance of purpose and the human connection. So I'm taking it to in another direction for the adults now. Pajama program is safe with an executive director that we love and that I know personally. 
and she's taking it to the next step now. You know, I tell her she's taking my baby to college. And now I am working with adults and businesses because purpose changes everything in every environment for everyone. It's, um, it's not just something that you do for one group and it doesn't affect people. It affects people. What are you learning now, Genevieve, with this um, iteration of your purpose? What are you learning personally and in your work right now? Well, I've seen through the pandemic how, how many people realize that they didn't have a meaningful life, that this quiet time, this forced isolation had them go inward and say, you know, I'm panicking because I might lose my job, but I don't really think I liked my job. Or I wonder if I would do that again if everything opens up and they say, you can go back to exactly what you were doing before. And I first, I think that's refreshing. It's scary. I, I get that. People have families and they don't want to lose their job. But thinking about what really fills them is can be very life-changing and I'm learning that people didn't pay attention so much to having a meaningful work life they thought go to work it's a job come home you're exhausted if you're lucky you have a couple hours on the weekend to do what you like to do but seeing how many people are now saying no I really want to like what I do nine to five I really want to find meaning in it I really want it to align with my goals and my purpose I want my life to be one full life that there, there are a lot of people who, who need encouragement and who need support. And, um, you know, the ones that I can talk to and I can reach are hungry, are really hungry to, to make some changes. And, and I think it's, I think it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what you're, what you're describing, um, the way what you describe has found itself um, into my life has been, um, I had been a healer going into the pandemic, but I had to reshift and reassess how I defined productivity, how I defined success. Like I was no longer able to sit down and write like 10 blog posts or, you know, I had a much more narrow band of focus and physical um, energy to be able to do the thing that I love so it was an adjustment to say okay like today I wrote just a paragraph today I was able to connect with this person and that's enough tomorrow is another opportunity I think there have been a lot of um, adjustments we we all had to do that way as well to redefine reassess restructure and relook at what we find meaningful and what where we have the capacity and the energy to do in that realm of meaningfulness. Yes, I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. I would love to find out um, what you would like to say to someone who is struggling with all these questions like what's my purpose or maybe they've they feel like they've found it but they they for whatever resource or time energy limitations they haven't been able to go that direction yet there's some sort of 
in-betweenness <laughs> where mm-hmm. they've seen things could be different, but they're not quite at the other end of the tunnel. What would you say to those people listening? There's always a way. There is always a way. And sometimes when we're alone, we, we get in our own way. And of course, there's always fear. And because you're looking at sometimes a big jump and a big change, and you don't have someone there to say, okay, let's take a step back. Let's see all the options because there are options and you might not see them, but this is an exciting time. You're recognizing that something's missing. You are really desiring to bring it into your life. That is a very good thing. That's a very good start. And don't be afraid to to give it space you know don't keep it hidden away because you can't tell anyone you can't think about it because oh my goodness something might change I, I can't do I can't go there stay relaxed and know that this is exciting because something in you has woken up and it's telling you you know let's change this I'm really excited it's like jumping up and down in you and you're afraid, so you're, you're trying to keep it down, but don't express it. Write, write down what you need. Call me, email me. I'm a good listener. I'll just listen. Um, but don't keep suppressing it because that's, that's not healthy and that's not going to make anything any better. You want to, you want to give life to this little seed and you want it to grow and, and, you know, at your pace and how you're comfortable is just fine. Oh, I love that. At your pace and how you're comfortable is just fine. <laughs> Start there yes. <laughs> and the rest will follow. Jenny, thank you so much. How can our listeners find out more about you and, and your book and the beautiful work that you do? Oh, thank you. Well, my website's my name, Genevieve Pituro, and I'm guessing they could find that yeah. listing in the podcast right and then you can contact me from my website it's jen at genevievepituro.com and uh, my book is purpose passion and pajamas it's on amazon and everywhere you buy books and i welcome um calls and you know emails and like i said i'm a good listener thank you so much and you've also very generously offered one free 45 minute find your purpose coaching session and I'm going to include the directions on how to um, be considered for that I have to say though the first time I I found out about you I I listened to some of your um, I listened to your TED talk I think I will include that as well I was crying the entire time I was like this (laughs) this is TED talk in the pandemic (laughs) it's wonderful because it was so um Anyway, there was so much in it. I, I hope that people go ahead and listen to that as well, um, as well as your Oprah interview. And um, thank you for being an inspiration and thank you for embodying your unique light, your unique way. Thank you. Well, thank you for giving us the space to do that, Dama. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. 
Have a beautiful and wonderful day.